Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast so that you get notifications every time a podcast is published. Uh, sometimes they publish on Thursdays. I generally promote them on Fridays, so you get a little bit of a day early if you're subscribed. But I also like to give a call out to uh, rate the uh, the podcast. But I recently discovered that the Podbean app, that's the what I use to publish this podcast, it actually doesn't have a rating or review section. So in that case, subscribing or following is the best way that you can help out to help reach more people with all this fantastic information that I am distributing. The podcast is actually syndicated out to a number of different hosts as well. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon or Audible, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, and Samsung Podcasts. And then I see there are a few more on the list that I can get these syndicated to as well. So if you have a favorite uh, listening platform, you can always tune in over there and you can leave those ratings there as well. Please and or thank you. So last week we took a look at conversating and some of the struggles that go along with it. A lot of what it boils down to is we tend to focus intently on whether or not we are doing it right. And then we forget to actually do it right. Now if you're thinking, wait a tick, I've had conversations with Scott, and it really wasn't a big deal. They were fantastic. He's brilliant and insightful. It's probably because I know you fairly well, and I could let down my guard a little bit and just let the words flow. This week, we're looking into the idea of special interests. Uh, One of the traits of those on the autism spectrum is that they have these intense special interests. It's where a lot of their focus goes and a lot of their time gets spent learning and understanding just whatever it happens to be. We're going to walk through those a little bit. We're going to look at some of the common themes that I've noticed in my life and other people's lives and from following a handful of communities online. And then I have a, my own take on why these special interests exist and whether or not they're unique to the left of normal community. So it was back in the 1930s and 1940s that Hans Osberger, an Australian Austrian psychiatrist, he kind of pioneered the idea that autism was a spectrum rather than something a little more set in stone. Interestingly enough, uh, at the same time, there was another scientist, scientist named Leo Connor. It's K-A-N-N-E-R. He was coming up with basically the same theory, the same theory at the same time without really collaborating with one another. Anyway, there's a ton of controversy around Asperger and his involvement with the Nazi party. I haven't fully dived into that and the veracity of the claims, But the fact is that Asperger worked with kids on the spectrum, and he called them his little professors. 
they were focused on particular topics and often very, very knowledgeable about things that most people were not knowledgeable about. This idea of little professors stems from the fact that many of these kids had very intense special interests. These interests are, they're often things that aren't entirely taught in schools, at least not to the extent that left of normal kids know about them. Uh, so for instance, a child might have astronomy as his special interest, and while school teaches about the planets and stars, solar systems, galaxies, and the basics of it all, these little professors take it upon themselves to learn even more and very rapidly surpass their peers in knowledge about this particular topic. Now, many of the interests go beyond what any sort of formal education might teach. That is, until college years and often even postgraduate years. Because at that point, things open up a little bit more, and many of us focus in on a particular topic. Uh, it's our special interest. We earn a degree in it. I'll get to more of that here in a little bit. So, in addition to the left of normal community, the Facebook is kind of where most of this information is pushed out to, there are a few others out there that can help you gain insights into the world of those on the spectrum. There's another Facebook group, it's called Autistic Not Weird. Uh, there's a couple subreddits called uh, Aspie Memes Autism and Autism Adults. Uh, if you're a Redditor, there's actually some good information on there. It's a nice look into different lives of those with autism and how they see the world around them. It's really quite interesting to see the various nuances and get an understanding of how big the spectrum actually is. Through those communities, I have noticed a number of different trends in the special interests and even in just how unique those interests are. For example, Trains is actually a really big one. Trains that run on tracks and are quite interesting to a large number of those on the spectrum. My suspicion is because they're big, they're powerful, they're highly scheduled, predictable because they can only run on those tracks, and they require precision to design and make them work. So many nuances that go into one overall elaborate mechanical beast. Now often science and math are big focuses and I believe for the same reason uh, they're predictable. If this then that is a pretty big statement in the math world and you can either do math right or it's wrong. There's generally there's not a lot of math problems out there where you can get two answers that both end up being right. But we also have left of normals that are good with music, and their special interest is in musical abilities. Now, personally, I understand the science and the math behind the music. I don't understand any of the uh, listening part of it. I don't have an ear for it. But there are some that, some of us that they do have the ear for it, but they might not have that scientific understanding. So there's a big 
Another big trend that I didn't realize was actually even a left of normal thing until fairly recently. And that's a fascination with maps and atlases. I've heard a number of stories of kids reading atlases or just being mesmerized by maps for quite a while, just a significant period of time where they just zone in on them. They study them, they memorize them, and they know all the little nuances of various countries, many of which we've never even heard of. Well, we as in the general collective of people. But it's also something that I did as a child myself. Whenever we would take road trips, we'd have this great big atlas, a road maps of the U.S. type thing. And I would just sit with that thing in my lap most of the entire road trip, watching where we were, looking at the road signs, mapping us out on the map, discovering how much farther to such and such a city, and memorizing the little twists and turns in the road so I could accurately predict that in about three minutes we'll have a slight right-hand turn. Now, I also had a lot of other interests as a child. I collected baseball cards. That one likely would not have happened if my older brother wasn't into card collecting as well. But I enjoyed counting the cards, sorting them out, and arranging them, usually by the issuer and the numbers and everything, but also by uh, teams and players. I was also fascinated with animals of all sorts, and eager to get different critters as pets. I created all these elaborate plans to turn like half the basement into a huge terrarium where I could raise full-sized iguanas and tortoises and other creatures. None of those plans ever actually turned out because I was often dissuaded by the costs and the fact that my parents probably would never let me turn the basement into a giant terrarium. And so my interest was limited to a handful of lizards and turtles and gerbils and things that we could keep in small terrariums on countertops downstairs. On top of those things, I liked doing a lot of things that involved crafting or building. Anything that had a detailed plan where I could take an object and turn it into another object was interesting. So I learned how to use a sewing machine, how to sew by hand. I had a book uh, called Indian Craft and Lore, taught me how to make moccasins and various other things like that. Learned how to bake and learned how to cook. A lot of, not a lot of people, maybe a handful of people, were actually kind of surprised by these activities. And at age 10 or 11 or so, wondered, hey, how are you such a good cook? And it really didn't make any sense to me because... I just said that I followed a recipe. It's really not that hard to do. The recipe says do this, you do that, and hey, you created a fantastic meal. So now moving into adulthood, my interests have evolved a little bit. I still enjoy those cooking and building and creating things activities. And growing up, I had always liked rock collecting. And as an adult, I still like picking up really neat rocks. My wife can attest to that. And you can see how many of them are scattered throughout the house and the yard. One interest that recently popped up on my Facebook memories that I came and then it left, and now it's kind of come back again a little bit. Uh, I bought a bunch of 
hand planes, old rusted out hand tools for woodworking. And then I learned how to restore them and just make them beautiful again. And now they sit in a box and I kind of want to get them out and display them, build a shelf for them or something. I'm fond of books, reading and collecting them. Uh, anxious for the nice weather to finally get here to enjoy gardening once more. And then looking at all these interests, I notice they often revolve around doing something now that will be useful or beneficial later. Okay, so we all have these hobbies and interests, those are most of mine, and we all focus on some things more than others. So are these special interests unique to the autism community, or is it just easier to see in those that are left of normal? All the scientific literature that I can find says these are a unique factor of those with ASD. And I do have a theory on why it's more prevalent than amongst all the normies. The autistic mind kind of gaps out with interpersonal interactions. Social things don't often come very easy, and people are largely unpredictable. That creates this anxiety and this lack of interest in just being in groups and laughing and having fun. So we will often turn our focus to things that are more predictable and don't require those exhausting interpersonal interactions. And that often means hyper-focusing on one of those special interests rather than go clubbing or you know whatever other people do on weekends. And then there's another theory on why this happens. I believe that God created us, he created humans, and he had a portion of the community develop, have their brains develop differently. If we were all normies and loved talking all the time, there would be tons of ideas with little or no execution. Now, for me, I don't really believe that autism is a superpower like a lot of people love to claim it is. Most of those on the spectrum feel it has really only held them back largely in their lives rather than push them forward. However, this special interest helps us to create a world where we can be successful and contribute by becoming experts in particular niche areas. Today you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right, and if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join that Facebook community, and feel free to ask any questions you have over there. Remember, if you want to get a left of normal to open up, discover that special interest, and ask them questions about it. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.